With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Bless You Boys Podcast 117, recorded June 27th, 2014. What a difference a week makes. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Bless You Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com, SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog, talks about the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball. I'm your host, Al Beaton, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. As always, I'm joined with the retired Little League coach, Morris Buttermaker, otherwise known as Hookslide. How's things? Uh, enjoying the retired life, not working at all, uh, just wasting my days. Uh, and you know what? The Tigers are winning, so... Life is good. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's funny how things have changed in essentially a week. We last talked last Friday afternoon, and the Tigers had won one game. And it's like, well, we'll see how things go. But there's signs that they might be coming out. Here we are a week later, and they've won seven in a row. What do you know about that? Yeah. Uh, A little bit about the podcast where we start talking about the good stuff that's gone on this week with the Tigers and baseball in general. Uh, you can contact us with thoughts, questions, love letters, hate mail at bybbodcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at gmail.com, at bless you boys on Twitter. Depending on the day, it could be any one of us running the Twitter. And, of course, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash bybtigers. As I always tell you, just search for bless you boys on Facebook, and essentially you can do the same on Twitter. Uh, please like us. Please follow us. We do try to put a lot of extra content on there, and we are very active during games, and we try to be funny, entertaining, and maybe throw some stats out there. Uh, we just ask, don't kill the messenger when things go bad. Right, Oakslide? Uh I would second that motion. Yes. Heartily. <laughs> but things have been pretty good the past week, and uh, the, the fan base isn't so cranky when we're on Twitter or uh, Facebook or on the site because... Well, the difference in a week is amazing. Uh, things were looking dire when we last. I wouldn't say dire in that they had won a game, but so you can say dire. Yeah, because they had, they had just finished a 10 and 20 streak, essentially a month of bad baseball. They had lost three straight to the Royals. They had dropped one and a half games behind and were very close to being underway to falling into third place. I believe the Tribe were only a game or game and a half back. Yeah, that's right. Since then, the Tigers have won seven in a row. 
They are back to four and a half games up in the Central, uh, getting some help from Lloyd McClendon, Seattle Mariners, who swept the Mariners. I mean, who swept the Royals while the Tigers were starting to win again. And for that matter, the Tigers. If you go back a little bit, the signs were there; they were starting to come around because they're twelve and seven in their last nineteen. But what's changed in a week? Hook slide. Suddenly, the Tigers once again look like the team that streamrolled the American League for the first. Uh, uh, 30-some games of the season. I think it was almost 40 games of the season. So uh, everything that was going wrong now seems to be going right. Yeah, two two things uh, changed. Uh, and the, the usual suspects, things that you would expect to make a huge difference, uh, the offense mm-hmm. and the, the starting rotation. I, I've been keeping those Excel spreadsheets uh, those stats that were kind of focused on just during the slump period to see, you know, where the where the problem spots were, and clearly the starting pitching was looking very very bad. Yeah. During that stretch, a lot of uh, you know high WHIP numbers, a lot of high ERA, a lot of high opposing slash lines, um, but right now um, in this last stretch, see I've marked the the period at uh, June sixth mm-hmm. as I feel when it when it turned around the Tigers finally won a series against a team that was the yeah. Red Sox at the time. Since that time, you've got Drew Smiley, who's sporting a 1.44 ERA mm-hmm. and, and a whip just over one. Uh, Porcello at 2.67 for his ERA. Um, so you know, the starting pitching is looking a lot better. Yeah. Uh, Verlander looked great in his last outing. Um, and then, of course, there, there's, there's the offense. J.D. Martinez mm-hmm. in that same period has rocketed to the top in terms of OPS. Yeah. Uh, 1,200, I think, is his mm-hmm. OPS in that period. Uh, of course, Victor Martinez. You could say 1,000, and I'd believe you at this point. What? You know what? <laughs> it's just about, right? Yeah. I, I don't know the last time I saw one quite that high in that short a period. But uh, the other two that, that kind of snuck up, though, because, of course, you expect V-Mart and Cabrera to be near the top, and they still are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Suarez and Kinsler yeah. are both uh, hitting uh, OPSs over 900 in this last 19-game stretch. So, you know, a little bit of offense boost there and uh, starting pitching boost, and it's, uh, look at this, we're winning games. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, there's, but I, again, I think more than anything else that is right at the ship is just starting pitching. Because uh, I mean, when you have weird things like uh, uh, Max Scherzer having a 50-pitch inning or, uh, uh, you know, Justin Verlander with a, of a, a ballooning ERA for three or four games. It was, you know, it was like, oh, like seven or eight over that stretch. Those are things you don't expect to happen and don't, or, at the, if, or for that matter, don't expect to carry on for an extended length of time. So uh, those things have shifted around. And thank goodness for Annabelle Sanchez as well, because if, there was, if there's been one rock in the rotation who hasn't been up or down, especially since she came off the disabled list, it's Sanchez. Funny, isn't it? Because yeah. in the last week of games, I think he had the worst outing. Yeah, yeah. It was actually his uh, quality start streak was snapped at six games, and even then, he still got the win. Right, right. So it, he did carry them, I think, through yeah. that rough stretch. And uh, but to see the guys kind of step up now, and uh, you know, for Sanchez to be the one who's kind of the odd man out just for this last seven games is kind of funny to me. Uh, but you know, you also got to talk about the bullpen. Yeah, Phil Coke. I don't even know what's going on there, but he's been okay, yeah. if not. Good. Yeah, he's not locked down, but he's not a gas can. Not anymore. Right. It's a, to have him be able to come out and and have some relatively painless innings mm-hmm. has been, I think, a, a big boost. And, and of course, you got uh, Hardy and Chamberlain, who both have whips under one. 
in this mm-hmm. last 19 games too. So they're getting help from all three, you know, quadrant, yeah. not quadrants, but all three corners of that triangle, you mm-hmm. know, offense, starting pitching, bullpen. It's all, it's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it is very refreshing to see, uh, you know, after it was, it was, I mean, that, that stretch of baseball was ugly, ugly, ugly. But so well, you remember, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I remember at the end of the, last week's podcast, we said, uh, you know, what would make you feel good in mm-hmm. this next week? And you'd said, hey, if they go four and three over the next week, yeah. it'll be okay. And I sort of jokingly said, I'd like to see him go six and one, <laughs> you know, and thinking yeah. to myself, there's there's no way. That's just yeah. not because they're bad, but because that the laws of baseball you right. know, averages are against it. But mm-hmm. guess what? Seven and oh. Yep. So, and they're headed to Houston uh, to a team. You no, know, even though Houston is not as bad as they were, they're still not a good team. I mean, the odds are pretty good. The streak could continue. Houston is is kind of a weird situation. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just talking with somebody on Twitter last night about that. I remember saying that when the Tigers went through this rough stretch for that first Mm -hmm. 50 to 20 games, the Astros were playing over 600 ball in that period. And people were saying, hey, they're not as bad as you think they are. But I know they've gone like something like two and eight in their last 10. So they they may be kind of regressing back to what we expect for the Astros. This this will be an interesting series, though. Yeah, it will be, and and, it's, and it, for that matter, it could just be rubbing in the noses of the Astros and and you know using JD Martinez to do it. Considering it's hard to believe they just let that guy go, but you know, and maybe they had better prospects. Hard to believe, but and and, and looking at the schedule though, not the Tigers then uh, obviously come back home. Uh, they play Oakland, which is right now has is the best team in the American League, and unquestionably they are right now. But after that, they get the Tampa Bay Rays at home, and they're lousy this year as well. So all of a sudden, the Tigers are starting to – the schedule starting to fall their way a little bit, and next thing you know, the yeah. All-Star break will be here. And, uh, you know, and I have a feeling when the break comes, we'll look at the Tigers' record and say, well, they're about where they belong. Yeah, the Oakland series yeah. is, is another one that's going to be uh, – what's the, 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 the phrase that I hear sometimes? They say it's, it's, it's not who you play, it's when you play. Yeah. Right? And, and the last time the Tigers faced Oakland, they were in the, in the midst of that, that awful slump yes. and did not do well at all. So if they're on a bit of a hot streak right now, it'll be interesting to see how they fare against the, you know, quote-unquote best team in baseball right yeah. now. And the weird part is that the Tigers are, what I believe, 11 games over five hundred right now. And mm-hmm. and I think it's all they're eleven over on the road, <laughs> and they're five hundred at home. That I don't think that's going to stay the same either. They're not going to stay five hundred at home. Yeah, I, I can't remember what the record is. Something like twenty three and thirteen or something like that on the on the road. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I actually just brought it up. Yeah, it's twenty four and thirteen right now, and they're nineteen nineteen at home, and that that is very uh, very ridiculous. And also, it's you know it, it's not going to hold up. Both of them won't. But essentially, you would think it would be reversed. And maybe at, by the end of the year, it'll be closer to that. But the Tigers are not a 500 team at home. They aren't. No, no. They've always been better yeah. at home than on the road. And they've always, uh, in the last, at least the last couple of years anyway, they've been better in the second half than in the first yeah, half. That's another good point. So I think we'll see that, that home record kind of shift maybe a little bit. But, I mean, I was just joking on Twitter last night saying, if they're, if they're that good on the road, let's just rent out Comerica and let yeah. them play every, <laughs> <Good> you know, <laughs> all the rest of the games on the road. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, we were kind of uh, – Talking about the starting pitching and how it's turned around, we should really bring up Rick Porcello. Uh, he had a marvelous, marvelous start uh, Thursday night, obviously recording as usual on Friday afternoon. And uh, he beat, uh, he essentially polished off the sweep of the Rangers with a three-hit shutout. I should also throw in there a complete game, but obviously you say shut. That's one of my little pet peeves. A complete game shutout is redundant. 
but be that as it may, that's what it was. Uh, a three-hit complete game shutout for Rick Porcello raised his record to 10-4, and four, lowered his ERA to 3.41. And this is the, the weirdest stat that, I won't say weird, it's one of those odd stats that you see from tig- the Tigers have put out, in this case, Tigers uh, a PR. Uh, last night, after Corsello won his 10th game, that's actually the sixth season he's done that. It's hard to believe he's not even 26 years old yet. Corsello is now the third MLB pitcher in history since 1900 to win 10 or more games in his first six seasons prior to turning age 26. And what's funny, the other two players to have accomplished the feat are both in the Hall of Fame, Bert Blylevin and Dennis Eckersley. Oh my, two of my two of my old time favorites. Yeah, Lyle Levin and Eckersley. Wow, so that's that's pretty good company. That's for, damn good company to be in for young Rick. Yeah. So uh, does that mean he's going to become a commentator then? Oh yeah, or or maybe a shut down closer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We'll we'll see him grow that hair. I'll get the mustache like Eckersley, yeah. and yeah, I like that idea. But it's uh, it's I, I kind of look at when he throw those start to look at the numbers for Porcello. Uh, People have been saying that uh, for years, I won't say for well, for a couple of years now, he's going to break out. He's going to break out. He's going to break out. He's due to break out. His peripherals show he should have a better record than he's had, and obviously the defense has played a bit into that. But all of a sudden, at 25, Rick Porcello looks like he's becoming the pitcher people have thought he was going to be after his great rookie season. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the ERA – the, mm-hmm. That he's posted the last couple of years has been somewhat inflated, mm-hmm. you know, not only because of the defense issues behind him, you know, he's a ground ball pitcher. He didn't yep. have a great ground ball infield behind him for a long time, and his uh, field independent pitching stat was always, you know, kind of lower than than what the ERA showed. Right. Um, but the you know the, the point remains too though that he, when when he um, you know, when he had a bad game, he really had a bad oh, game. In def- definitely, good yeah. point. Yes, so, and, and I'm not sure that that's completely. Gone. Um, oh, look! At, I just brought up the stats this year. He's had one game like that. He had the uh, where he got blown out against Texas, uh, twelve hits and eight runs in uh, in like five innings. Other than right. that, he's been fairly consistent, and actually, he's been even better over his last two starts. He hasn't allowed a run in in his last two starts. Yeah, but this time last season, mm-hmm. I think he had at least. Two or three of those bad blows. Yeah, and usually, the, yeah, the, especially the the Angels game is always brought up that god awful right. first inning he had out in West Coast, and he got rocked by Baltimore yep. in early June last year too. Mm-hmm. Um, I only remember that because I was at that game and it was miserable. Yeah, um, and I think there might have been one other, you know, in there. So he had those tendencies, but like you said, he's only had one game like that this year. So he's definitely, I think, trending away from that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it may be too early to say. Well, that's that's the old Rick Porcello now, and he won't ever, you know, yeah. <laughs> have those kind of. <laughs> so we'll see. But I, very, very encouraging the results. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, at, at the very least, if Rick Porcello is finally turning into the pitcher people hope or have believed he could be, it'll make losing Max Scherzer a little bit more bearable. Just knowing absolutely, that, you know that. They'll have a, tr- a guy who's pitching like a number two pitcher at the very least, and and really you could make a case that Hannibal Sanchez has been the Tigers' ace this year. Yep, right, right, and you know, like you said, Porcello's been right up there. You know, uh, I, I want to say even during that horrible slump, he's been pretty consistent. Yeah, you know, he's not going to be the, the you know, I don't know, 
Cy Young quality Rick, you know, not yet anyway. But yeah, he just doesn't have the strikeout rate to do that. No, but but even this year, I think, and again, I'm going by the eye test here, yeah. but he's looked a lot more dominant even in that area. Oh, yeah, yeah. He threw some pitches last night that were just absolutely filthy that got the mm-hmm. swing and miss strikeouts, so it's love to see that from, from Rick. Yeah, and, you know, while we're, staying, while we're talking about the pitching, we might as well uh, touch base on our – have our weekly bullpen topic, <laughs> as it always seems to be uh, – uh, Oh, something or other seems to come up. As of last week, we were talking about all the new uh, cast of characters that have been put in the bullpen. Well, this week, Dave Dombrowski uh, spoke to, I'm not sure which show it was on MLB Network Radio, but the reports are that Dombrowski told MLB uh, Radio that he's confident that Joe Nathan has turned the corner. He will be the closer and if the Tigers do add bullpen help ahead of the trade deadline, it'll likely be for a setup man, a guy who can pitch the seventh or eighth inning. Um, what, uh, do you think? Obviously, we've always said if Dave Dombrowski is moving his lips, he's lying, or at the very <laughs> least, he's not letting you know all the facts. I have a feeling that I tend to believe him here mostly just because of the money involved with Joe Nathan. Right. Uh, like, yeah. The- the amount of money they've invested in him, it's it's difficult to envision a scenario where they're going to move him out of that closer role. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, has he turned a corner? Uh, he had, you know, a good outing. Mm-hmm. You could say maybe two. Yeah. Uh, but he got into trouble over, I want to say it was Saturday night mm-hmm. against Cleveland. He blew a save and somehow vultured the win yep. out of it. And then, again, just the, the other night against Texas. Mm-hmm. Like he was struggling and ended up giving up, you know, his obligatory run. Yeah, he allowed the uh, tying run to come into play. Right. So I, I'm not fully on board with saying, oh yeah, he's he's turned the corner. He's back to being, you know, the dominant Joe Nathan. Not not just yet. Mm-hmm. But even that being said, I just I don't see them ditching him as the closer. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. For numerous one because yeah, there are signs that he's coming around. And also, as we mentioned, it's because of the investment involved. It's not just this year, it's next year. And for that matter, it's always easier to find guys who aren't closers available rather than closers. I mean, there's some talk there's going to be a few guys available. I think the the name usually thrown out there has been Houston Street, for example. I believe he's closing for uh, San Diego right now. Actually, I think I saw something online the other day that Joaquin Benoit may be available. So with the the Padres. Over at uh, our friends at MLive, yeah, uh, just put uh, something to that effect. They had an article that said that uh, the Padres will, will most likely be looking to, you know, shed some some bullpen pieces, and kind of speculating that because the Tigers might be looking to pick up a few pieces, Benoit and Houston Street are, you know, potentials. Not that there's any kind of you know confirmed rumor or anything like that, but it, yeah. it's certainly possible. Like you said, I don't know if they're going to go for a closer, but really the only way they're going to deal with the Joe Nathan issue if they're actually going to ditch him from that role is they're going to have to trade him off. Yep, trade him off or just buy him out, one or the other. And I don't see either of those happening right now. No, no, I wouldn't expect it. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them, like you said, get get a Benoit type, if not Benoit yep. himself, which I think would make a lot of us very happy. Yeah, especially because Hanrahan, is, uh, there's been no word as to what's going on with him for them other than he's improving and he's still pitching and uh, throwing. I, I shouldn't even say pitching. He's still throwing at Lakeland. But at, right now he's not looking like – I don't think we're going to hear anything from him until after the 
uh, all-star break, much like Andy Dirks, who is finally, I think, right. at the point where he's, there's talk that he'll be able to get into a, into a rehab assignment the next week or two. But again, yeah. that's all. You know, uh, there's just way too many questions, especially with Hanrahan, to, I think, put much faith in what he's going to be able to do in the bullpen right now. Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, time, time will have to tell on that one. We don't yeah. we have no clue what he's going to look like until he actually gets out there for, you know, several outings. Yeah. To kind of establish some trends. But I, remember I said last week I was reading Earl Weaver's book on baseball strategy. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I, I wish that the Tigers would adopt more of his kind of mindset on this, you know, because he, he said that, uh, basically I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, the guy who's going to close for me on any given day is the guy I feel has the best chance of getting me out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So he wasn't ever fixated on, you know, one person as the closer. Right. And I, I do see a lot of that mentality, you know, in the Tigers organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the last night, I think, wasn't Nathan warming in the pen before before they knew that uh, Porcello was going to go out? I believe and, so, yeah. And prior to that, you know, you'd seen Blaine Hardy up there warming up. So there is that kind of that mentality that, yeah. you know, well, it's the ninth inning, we're going to get the closer out there. And I'm thinking, no, Chamberlain's been doing better. Mm-hmm. Hardy's been pitching better in a kind of a small sample size. Send out the guy who's you know going to give you the best shot at, at closing out the ninth, and, and you know don't stick with that closer role. But I, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, as always. These bullpens usually tend to be works in progress the entire season. They really are. I mean, it's, it was the same with the Tigers last year, and that's and, unfortunate because mm-hmm. you get into these situations where now you've got a so-called closer locked down for two years and a lot of money, mm-hmm. you don't have that flexibility now of saying, well, I'm just going to go with whoever's you know been pitching well for the last you know 25 innings or whatever. Yeah, gotta, exactly. Well, I've got this guy. He's expensive. I'm going to use him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's uh, uh, I would say if you – if the, right now the biggest hope is that Joe Nathan has gotten himself figured out and the signs are there that he might. But, again, I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not – I'm, right now, I still don't feel confident whenever I see Joe Nathan come to the mound. It's, I, no, I, because those two words, closer and the word might, yeah. don't really go together. Yep. You you say closer, you want absolutely sure. Yeah, and if you look at the numbers, Phil Coke has been better than Joe Nathan this month, so <laughs> which says volumes more than anything else. So That's ugly. Yes. All right. Um, as we kind of go around, the, I've been bouncing up and down on our uh, outline here. We 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 brought up J.D. Martinez earlier. We we. We do have to bring him up again just because he's been so amazingly crazy hot. Uh, he was named American League Player of the Week earlier this week, uh, and he continues to bash the living hell out of the ball. Uh, Thursday night, his hitting streak was finally snapped at a career long of 14 games, but he did drive in a run, and he, and he did hit the ball hard, even though he didn't get, uh, didn't get the payoff, but he drive, drove in his 21st RBI in 18 games. It's been absolutely you know, it's like watching Miguel Cabrera, the way Martinez has been hitting the ball the, over the past month or so. I, and it's not going to continue to stay this way. I guess the question is, everybody's asking, and no one can say for sure, is this now the real J.D. Martinez? And the only thing you can say is time will tell. Yep, that's a big fat maybe. Yep. Uh, he's been great for this last stretch. Again, mm-hmm. starting from June 6th on, the last 19 games, mm-hmm. he is at the top of that offense list, OPS of uh, 1208. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, his, his BABIP is almost uh, 400. Yeah, and that's not going to, that's not sustainable. I don't think it is. Uh, the walk rate is at 3%. The strikeout rate is at 22%. Mm-hmm. I look at those three numbers together and say you've got someone who's who's uh, maybe an undisciplined hitter Yeah. who's getting very lucky right now. Um, 
he is smashing the living hell out of the ball, as you said. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect that to be something that continues, you know. And but that's that's fine when it uh, when it regresses, it regresses, you know. For the time being, you, you got to go with that. And mm -hmm. the, the hope is that during that period, while he's still hot, you give the other guys time to kind of come back up in the ranks. You know, the the, the Hunter, the Jackson, the yeah. Kinsler, you know, Castellanos, get get them all kind of back up to where they should be. Yeah, and even if he doesn't continue to hit at this rate, you know, if the Tigers have stumbled upon a guy who can be a serviceable third or fourth outfielder, you know, a guy who can give you 20 home run pop, that's something this team has needed for a long time. I mean, they have they have gotten, especially with uh, Torrey Hunter slumping, they have gotten absolutely no power at all out of the corner outfield positions, you know, considering Rajai Davis has been playing left, and, and for the most part, and he's uh, a totally different type of hitter. So even if they, they have a guy who they might be able to use in the future in a platoon role or a guy who can, uh, you know, give you, uh, you know, a Marcus Thames-like production for a few years, that's a nice thing to have. Yeah, I mean, absolutely it is. If people talk about when Andy Dricks gets back, and I still don't think he's going to be that, you know, offensive yeah. juggernaut, but he obviously has better defense. Exactly. So I think it's it's a beautiful thing to have you know a defensive player like Dirks in left, who then you can go to a power hitter like JD Martinez you know late in the game as a pinch hitting option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's nice to have that that option uh, again. It's because we're we're used to seeing you know when it comes to a position late in the game and you need a, a good strong swinger up there, you got Don Kelly. Yeah, you know <laughs> you got Brian Holiday or you know mm -hmm. so that that is a nice luxury to have if they can find a way to make that work. Yeah, and and obviously again the jury's still out. It's been a wonderful month for JD. It's actually it's been a wonderful season for JD Martinez. I mean he's, he's hitting over 300. You know he's getting his on base percentage is over 340. But again, that's not going to be sustainable unless he starts walking more. But regardless of all that, it's been fun to watch. Let's hope he can at least maintain a semblance of this when he does cool off. And like I said, if he can be a serviceable power hitter, a guy who can give you 15, 20 home runs, awesome. You know, I don't care if he, if he doesn't hit uh, 300 like he does right now. As long as he gives you that power, that's, that's a great thing to have coming off the bench. And the Tigers badly needed that. Right. Like I said, just I mean, take advantage of it now. Yeah. Even, even knowing it's probably not going to last, you know, all the way through the playoffs. Yeah. Just we'll, we'll ride that for now. Yeah, just like the Tigers did with Matt Tuiasopa last year in the first half. You know, <laughs> I was going to invoke the name. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 let's just hope that when the regression hits, and it's going to, it doesn't hit the way it hit Tuiasopa. went from looking like a guy who could, like for, for stretches like Martinez was right now, to a guy who could not buy a base hit for the entire second half of the year. Yeah, the point I, where I he wasn't that. even left, he was left off the playoff roster. If I remember right. I can't remember the exact stat, but I want to say in the second half he only had like six hits. Yeah, it was ridiculous how like the at bats. It was it was sad. Yeah, and like I said, I don't expect JD Martinez to to go quite to that level. Yeah, because the, the track record he has uh, one he has a major league track record where you know he is one real full season with uh, Houston. He did hit up eleven home runs and like fifty or sixty RBI, and he actually did tear up the minor leagues. So there's more of a track record with Martinez, which makes you believe that he's going to be, if not an all-star, he's going to be a decent major league ball player who has a role. And let's, let's hope it works out that way. Right. And we've had some conversation on the website even about how he has altered his swing. Yeah. 
So, you, you know, you can look at the past stats, but also, you know, take into account that he's made some improvements, so hopefully there is a little more there to kind of bolster the, the idea that, that he's not going to regress as hard as Tui Asasopo did. Yeah, I mean, because there's always the hope that maybe the t- Tigers have stumbled onto the next uh, Jose Bautista or Edwin Encarnacion. You know, <laughs> guys who blossomed in their late 20s, so you just never know. Baseball's funny that way. As long as he hits a home run or two against the Astros this weekend, you know. That would be awesome. Happy. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, I know it's not in the show notes, but yeah. did you catch the news? It was I saw it the other yesterday, I think, that uh, the Astros have have picked up Jose Veras. I think I think I saw someone mention it in the game thread last night, and uh, what a surprise! <laughs> so we might actually see him. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember what I exactly saw. I know they picked him up at least in, in their uh, farm system, but I think they may have actually called him up. Mm-hmm. To, you know, to the Astros, so we, we may actually see him in this weekend series. Yeah. How much would that be? Yeah, and it really kind of show, it goes to show that people were so upset that the Tigers didn't pick up his contract option, yet here Barris is essentially having to be picked up by the Astros this year. So obviously the Tigers, you know, even as bad as the bullpen has been at times, it's pretty obvious that I think they were right when it came to Barris. So. Yeah, he, he did not do well for the Cubs prior to that. So, yeah. so it, it, it's bad if you're getting tossed off by the Cubs and then yeah. being picked up by the Astros. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, speaking of the outfield, we do need to touch on Torrey Hunter because Torrey Hunter being Torrey Hunter, he's always been very vocal and very open with his thoughts and feelings. And this week he was open to saying he is willing to take a reduced role if that is best for the team. He spoke with uh, Drew Sharp of the Forage Free Press, and actually in an article that, you know, I didn't get all uh, my veins didn't start bulging out of my forehead from Drew Sharp, essentially because it was an interview. And Hunter said, you know, I've been through this before in that uh, I voluntarily left center field to play right field with the Angels because the Angels had better options defensively for center in center field. And he obviously is seeing what J.D. Martinez is doing. He obviously knows Andy Dirks is coming back. And there's going to be, and for that matter, Rajay Davis has, you know, for the role he's asked to fill, he has actually filled that pretty darn well this year. So Torrey Hunter knows there's going to be a bit of a logjam in the corner outfield position. So, And obviously he is aware what his stats are as well. So he's, he's telling the media that he's willing to take a part-time role if that is best for the team. And I, one, I'm not surprised Torrey Hunter would say something like that because he really does seem like a team-first kind of guy. And I was actually kind of glad to hear that because it also means that he might end up being a better player for the Tigers remainder of this year if he's not playing every day. I mean, he is pushing 39 years old. Maybe he's better at, he'll be better serviced as a, as a player if he only plays three or four times a week. Well, when you look at the outfield situation, and, and we're about to get a very crowded yep. outfield, mm-hmm. with when you look at all the names, Rajay Davis and J.D. Martinez, Austin Jackson, Torrey Hunter, uh, who am I forgetting? Um, Andy Dirks. Thank you, Andy Dirks. Um, you got a lot of options there. And so suddenly the, the question becomes, you know, maybe it's not left field that's going to end up becoming the platoon spot. Maybe it's right field. Yeah. And, you know, I know Torrey missed, what, six or seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least seven days uh, this last week, came back out last night and promptly made another error yeah. in right field. And so you begin to look at that and say, yeah, okay, maybe his value is really going to be more from the from the offense side. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you get him into a pinch hitting role, you get him into, you know, God forbid, a DH situation. Yeah. Or, again, you platoon him when you have stats that say he's good against this pitcher or right. that pitcher. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, I, I don't expect anything less from him than to say, I'll put the team first. Yeah. He made it quite clear when he took the salary that he did coming to Detroit. He said, I already made my money. Yeah. You know, that that's not what I'm after. I'm after just being on a team that, that goes all the way. Yep. So I think he will. I think he'll bend over and do whatever he has to do to, to make sure that the team succeeds and gets to that World Series championship. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and you make a great point. Maybe Torrey Hunter will play better if you, if you just pick his spots rather than throwing him out there every day. So right. You know, but yeah, that defense has become so concerning at this point. Uh, it's unreal. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to believe a guy who was so good who won so many gold gloves, who was considered one of the best center fielders of his generation, now looks like Delman Young out there. It's, it's a I, shocking yeah. thing. I don't even know how to explain it because it's not a situation where, hey, he's running after the ball and just not getting to it because yeah. he's old and slow. He's making some just fundamental, you know, what Jim Price might call mental errors, yeah. uh, like we saw last night. And, and just go, how do you... I'm not sure how that happens. The physical thing, yeah, you can explain it. He's getting older, but the mm-hmm. mental mistakes, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, well, there could be a vision thing because obviously you can't see cutoff men. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, but that's become a running joke with Tory Hunter's defense. It, you know, he overthrows cutoff men. He uh, he takes bad routes. You know, he seems to have trouble sensing where walls are at this point. Now, it's, uh, yeah, it's at the very least Andy Dirks who is, I think, is very, you know, without question, is going to be the Tigers' second-best defensive outfielder. Having him available at the very least will make people feel better in the late innings because Rajai Davis doesn't make me feel much better either out there. Yeah, better than Hunter. Not much. <laughs> Not much, but still. <laughs> but better. There. And, and like <laughs> I said, it's it's difficult to explain that when you consider, again, that, that Hunter is a gold glove winner what, nine times over. Yeah. So to see that... In a, difficult defensive position right and to see that much of a drop off so quickly yeah it's just it's inexplicable um what i see yesterday that was his fourth error of the season and that ties a career high for him yeah well you know what do you do yeah and and that's if you add on mental errors and plays he should have made but didn't but were called hits i mean that those four errors could be multiplied by by two or three right right so, oh man, let's, okay, that's that's a depressing topic. Let's talk about a more controversial topic, and that would be Ian Kinsler's wave. <laughs> uh, and he, actually, he had a wonderful homecoming uh, in Texas, just in that, as they say, reven- the the best revenge is winning games, and the Tigers obviously swept the series. And Kinsler himself had a wonderful series. He's a, a, a it's kind of, it's, it was flying under the radar, but he has been as hot. As JD Martinez and Victor Martinez, you know, over on this road trip, he's slugging 808 and in his hitting 462, uh, and he has five consecutive multi-hit games. Obviously, three of those in Texas, but he made the headlines when he homered in his first at bat in his return to Arlington, and then gave a little wave to the Texas bench when running to first. And he had a, pardon the expression, a shit-eating grin as well when he rounded the bases. Uh, the Rangers sort of took offense, you know, saying they were disappointed in his actions. Uh, uh, Colby Lewis, uh, came, uh, the uh, pitcher who served up the home run, sounded like a dad, and saying, oh, I like Kins, but I'm disappointed in him. Uh, Ron Washington, being Ron Washington, was a little upset, but even though supposedly Kinsler broke an unwritten rule, 
there was no re- to the Rangers' credit, there was no retaliation uh, on the field. So at least <laughs> I got to at least give the Rangers that because in the big scheme of things, it wasn't a big deal. Ian Kinsler said, "I was just having some fun." Even though Kinsler did say some pretty nasty things about the Rangers when he left, saying he hoped they went 0-162 and calling a Rangers GM, John Daniels, a sleazeball. But uh, this is one of those things where it made baseball a little more interesting, made it a little more fun, and I, it was best everybody involved just let it go at that. I'm actually surprised that they didn't retaliate. Yeah. I'm very surprised it, it, because it tends to be the expected thing if, mm-hmm. uh, if a hitter shows up the pitcher in any way Yeah, by standing there too long and admiring or taking too long to run the bases or whatever. So you, you top that out with him kind of doing that little grin and wave mm-hmm. tactic. I was quite certain that, that he was going to take a fastball in the rib sometime before that series ended. The only thing I can think – you know, as to why he didn't is because the, the, the poor Texas Rangers have, you know, they've got nobody left mm-hmm. in terms of depth and reserve and all those players in the disabled list. So, you know, how do you risk, um, you know, losing a starting pitcher that early in the game by, by throwing at somebody? So yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was shocked that, that there was no retaliation for that. And that made, you know, those things tend to kind of go on for a little while. Maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll take a shot at them. I don't know. Yeah, it's that, that's the thing. Uh, people do tend to have long memories. These baseball teams seem to. So it's uh, it's very possible something could happen down the line. But well, yeah, when you're yeah, you know, when you're struggling that hard as a team and you're you know 11, 12, 13 games out of first place, that you know maybe you don't have the luxury to kind of waste pitchers or pitches or, you know, what have you. That, yeah, that's but, the uh, other thing. Yeah, when you're playing that badly, you don't want to give up base runners. No, no, and especially not to a team like the Tigers that have been playing well. Mm-hmm. So it, it may be circumstantial as to why he got away with that. But, you know, I'm uh, comparing that to what, you know, Carlos Guillen did to Jared Weaver. Yeah. It was, you know, not the same thing, obviously. Right. But it's it's in the same ballpark in terms yeah. of here's the home run, and then here's an additional body language, whatever you have, you know, mm-hmm. just, just to kind of rub it in. So Yeah, I, I guess the, the question would be, uh, would Ian Kinsler, would he, what he did, would have been pissed off the Atlanta Braves? Yes. So I yes. think the retribution, the lack of retribution surprise. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you have to wonder if it had been the other way around. Somebody brought that up, I think. You know, yeah. if it had been Prince Fielder, yeah. you know, in the lineup, smacking the home run at uh, Comerica and doing that same, you know, trot and wave thing to the Tigers dugout. He, I don't know, he, he might have taken one to the chin. Yeah. Well, maybe this will be a thing. Maybe we'll see it from J.D. Martinez this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, God, those cheeky Tigers being all cheeky, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> They've only been on a winning streak for seven games. Yeah, so like, yeah let's not get overly cocky again. That, that, <laughs> I guess that's the fear. Let's not bring back the Zubas. And right. Let's enjoy guys... this, but let's not rub it in people's faces, I guess. Yeah, but... you were... were... Barely playing 300 ball just, you know, a month ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think the Tigers have realized that as well. Because do you, well, uh, do you think maybe the uh, things went to the Tigers' head at least a little bit after that massive start? Mm. No, the Zubas. And it, no. It, it kind of, well, let's, maybe it reached peak Zuba or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but the, it, I don't know. It's 
it's hard to evaluate and say, you know, a mental thing, like it went to their head psychologically, and so they therefore started, I don't know what, slacking off? Not yeah, playing you, that, their... yeah, that's the thing. You can't say baseball players suddenly felt like, oh, this is in the bag, so we're just going to cruise. That baseball players. Not, not the way it went down, because yeah. everything went up in flames at once. The bullpen, the starting pitching, the, the offense – that would be an extremely coordinated effort for the whole team to go, hey, we got this in the bag. Let's just, you know, kind of not play hard or whatever. Even the fans would have you believe that because, you you know, that's why Justin Verlander sucks because he's got all that money and doesn't have to try hard. (laughs) And that's the kind of stuff that really – burns my britches. Uh, You know what? I hate that when when fans say players don't care, players don't have heart, players are riding on their ridges. I think that you don't get to this level without having a huge ego and not wanting to embarrass yourself. Exactly. And it was not his last start, because he did well in his last start, Verlander, I mean, but the start before that where he really got hammered, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember who he was playing against because I have such a short-term memory, but uh, after that outing, I remember listening to XYT, I think it was uh, Valendi and Foster, mm-hmm. were going on and on about the fact that that Verlander had been spotted at the mall with Kate Upton before the game, and they were just irritated. Yeah. And using that as proof that, you know, see, he doesn't care. He's he's the day the day of a start hours before the game he's out you know patrolling the malls and getting Starbucks with his you know supermodel girlfriend he obviously doesn't care yeah that's I hate that goodness that's yeah yeah, get it yeah that's the maybe he needed underwear he does wear his pants awful tight (laughs) maybe he just wanted Starbucks coffee yeah you know and who wouldn't want to want to be seen with Kate Upton for that matter so it's you know that's that is one of the things though that. And plus, there was talk that, oh, the Tigers can need to send Verlander down when, one, it can't be done, and, and, or trade him, which can't be done because of the contract and stuff. It, you know, it was just one of those things where people are you have to take such a short-term view of things, you know, forgetting it's a long – as Kurt always puts it so well, it's a football mentality with fans where, you know, they only look at one week or one start or one performance – and suddenly want people cut or fired or what? It's it's so frustrating at times. Right, because one baseball game is worth how many football games? Yeah, bingo. You know, so uh, yeah, you understand the mentality, but it's just it's it's garbage. Yeah, you know, and yeah. to say that because Verlander is struggling, therefore he should not be, you know, out at the mall having fun or whatever. You kind of go, well, you can't win then because usually the the take is these guys need to relax and have fun. Yeah. Well, but if they do that, then they're you know. They're on the short list, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's the thing. These guys aren't robots. You know, the, these guys need rest. These guys need to have fun and relaxation. These guys have lives. And to rip on a guy because he went to the mall on the day of a start, yeah, that is so what, – what do they expect uh, Justin Verlander to do, sit in his hotel room in the dark and, you know, and mowing yep. the lineup for eight hours? Yep, that is exactly what Valenti was suggesting, saying when you're pitching this bad, you need to lay low. Mike Valenti is a fucking idiot. <laughs> and he always has been. I just don't get what people see in him. I, with those two, I, I don't even turn my radio on anymore because I know as soon as I turn on WXYT and hear those two voices, you're going to hear some of the most asinine commentary, most nonsensical bullshit that you'll ever hear on the radio. Well, to, to Foster's credit, he, yeah. he was taking the opposing view, and he was uh, 
you know, uh, he, he didn't call Valencia any names, but he, he did. Basically, he basically said, "You're you're an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. in, in so many words, saying that's ridiculous. Yeah. Let, let, the, let the guy go have his frappuccino. Yeah. People have their taste in radio, but at this point, I have pretty much given up on sports talk radio almost altogether. It's just because of crap like that, which is, you know, and I have a feeling if you talk to Valenti off the air, you know, uh, yeah, I call it this call him a fucking idiot, but uh, he plays one on the radio probably because he's trying to stir up crap. If you asked him off the air, he'd probably say, yeah, it was complete bullshit, but we're just trying to stir up phone calls. Yeah. Regardless of yeah. all that, I could not lower myself to that. You know, we just try to stir up shit because we like to do it. So. <laughs> just for the fun of it. Yeah, just for the fun of it. All <laughs> right. Uh, as we hit the home stretch on the podcast, because actually Hookslide has real-life stuff to do that doesn't involve managing a team, there was one shocking move made this week roster-wise, and that was the Tigers reacquired Daniel Slareth, uh and assigned him to Toledo. Uh, and, uh, of course, that brought out the, really, Daniel Slareth? Again, but that is one of those things where I, I think people need to realize that one left-handers have lives of are like cats. They have nine lives when it comes to major league baseball because there's always the hope that a left-hander will figure. He is left-handed, isn't he? Um, maybe I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Let me. I'm going to look that up right now. So that way, I'll, I'll know so if I have to edit it or not. <laughs> no. And while you're looking that up, I'll just say because as soon as the name pops up on the screen, yeah, my immediate thought, of course, is the 2011 ALCS. Yeah. You know, and that that horrible. Oh, that horrible final game yeah. of the ALCS against Texas. So, you, I don't know. It's it's hard because the name that's kind of linked with that, you say Ugh, immediately. Yes, no, that's right. He is a lefty, so okay. that has a lot to do with it. And that yeah. lefties have nine lives when it comes to Major League Baseball. And and to get back on track is that teams have a lot of minor league roster spots they got to keep filled. And if that means that you got to get guys like Schaller who might come around someday, but even regardless of all that, you got to fill up a bullpen in Toledo, you know. So okay, but you, you just can't. Not everybody's going to make the major leagues. You have to have no, guys who can just play. But to you know to play the devil's advocate, I mean, I kind of see the point. All right, yeah, I'll tell you what I think right now. Okay, this is just garbage. Okay, he's out there getting his. Cappuccino, he's got to stop that. All right, no, uh, but to the to the fans' point, some of the fans have said, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to fill that bullpen spot or whatever in Toledo. But why not do it with somebody that actually has a shot of maybe coming up to Detroit and and helping? Why why waste that spot on somebody that you have zero intention of ever graduating to to the major league level? Yeah, I guess my retort would be maybe the Tigers have seen something in Slareff since his since his leaving that they can believe they can fix. But looking at the numbers, I have no idea what they would be seeing. It's it's almost like they're they're that uh, oh god you know like the, the boyfriend that can't stop calling the ex. <laughs> you know they bring Nate Robertson back into that spot. Last year it was a uh, uh, Bonderman. You know you bring him back and now it's Schlereth and he's like, can we please just cut ties? You know what what's next? We're going to bring back Jose Valverde and just oh he's just going to Toledo. Don't worry about it. You know of course you're going to get worried about it. Yeah, you know yeah, it, that it, it makes for an, it makes for a nice story and it, it gave everybody something to talk about for 24 hours. But in the big scheme of things, yeah, it, it probably doesn't add up to much of anything other than the Tigers just added a body 
to their to a minor league roster. But I know, but I'm still going to say if you're going to just add a body because you need depth in the bullpen, then bring up one of the awesome guys that are with the Whitecaps right now who yeah. are just tearing it up. You know, yeah, yeah, and you can vouch for that because you you've seen a fair amount of Whitecaps games that there's talent down there. They have the best pitching staff right now, I think, in the in that. Uh, I can never remember the league, the, you know, the, the, basically the Midwest League. Yeah. They have the best pitching staff, and that's not a surprise given how the Tigers tend to, you know, orient their draft. Mm-hmm. But they've got a great bullpen and, and a couple guys that I think, you know, could service, you know, be very serviceable for the Tigers in a year or two. Bring them up to Toledo, mm-hmm. you know. But why waste that spot on someone like uh, whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, and, that I, not that I really have an opinion about yeah. this. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll put it this way: we'll probably never talk about Dan Schlereff again. <laughs> Please, let's make that pact. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pinky swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's start wrap up the podcast, Oak Slice. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we call in the afternoon? Uh, you know what? Just for fun, because I got I, I caught a little bit of crap on Twitter last night. Um, the, the no hubris mm-hmm. tag comes at me anytime I say anything that you know, remotely indicates the Tigers are going to win a game before they've actually won the game. It's all fun. I get that, but uh, it's it's just a curious thing to me that some people really kind of swear by these jinxes. You know, uh, Kurt sent me that uh, the the sweeping the Texas Rangers logo last night before the game and said, "I hope I don't jinx it." Yeah, and it's it's kind of a funny thing to me that some people actually do kind of go there, mm-hmm. you know, and say, well, if you talk about a no hitter before it happens, or you know, whatever, um, you're, you're going to jinx it. You're going to jinx it. You're going to jinx it. And somebody brought up a great point last week. I thought that Vin Scully called Clayton Kershaw's no hitter, and that was his Scully's nineteenth no hitter that he's called. Yeah, and they were saying he's he's talked about the no hitter in every single one of those those mm-hmm. broadcasts. So if this whole jinx thing is is real. Um, I'm going to play the Scully card and yeah. say that, that that trumps it. There is no such thing as a jinx. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's my two cents. I it. completely agree with you there. I hate people who, uh, you know, because we get it on Twitter all the time. Yeah, and I don't I don't say things. I I, I bite my tongue, so to speak. They wanted Twitter. to lynch Kurt after he uh, said, "I felt I feel good." Joe Nathan's coming into the game. The game blows up. The Tigers lose, yes. and Kurt yes. didn't even want to go near Twitter for three weeks. Oh, yeah, and, 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 you know, we joke about it, but people get vicious. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously angry about, you know, way to go, you know, I can't repeat certain words. (laughs) Like, oh, come on, like, that had anything to do with me saying something about it? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. So, yeah, I I bite my tongue on Twitter sometimes when I'm tweeting for Bless You Boys, even though I want to say, you know, go get the broom. We're about to sweep this thing. It's the sixth inning, and we're ahead, you know, five, six, nothing. We'll have to do this. But I know people are going to be like, you can't talk like that. It's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, again, that is that the you know hate on the messenger thing we get all the time, and well, uh, I, it, I, it, I, it does bother us. I mean, it, I mean, we we're human too. We have feelings. I I have feelings. Yeah. No, I, no, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, this this no hubris sort of mentality too. It's just, you know, maybe that's just not your gig. You know, you think think positive. This is kind of a negative thing to kind of come at it and say, well, if I say anything, I'm going to screw it up. You know, well, hey, have a little faith in the team. Have a little faith in what they've done, you know, mm-hmm. the track record or whatever. And don't don't limit yourself, you know, mentally that way by saying if I if I say anything, my words will jinx it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Just, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to Deepak Chopra on the next show. <laughs> 
talk about the power of positive. Yeah, yeah, him and Dr. Roz, and uh, maybe we'll also get uh, Dr. Phil. Dr. Yeah. Phil as well. We'll, we'll all get this all <laughs> sorted out. I won't be angry anymore. And nobody will ever listen to this podcast <laughs> ever again. I wouldn't either. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Also, I want to add is uh, I want to just go kind of off the Tigers topic for a century, uh, sen- uh, second and go about Major League Baseball. Just in that uh, the grief that Alex Torres of the Padres has gotten because he's become the first Major League ball player to wear the uh, the padded cap of a pitcher, and and of course fans being fans and fans can be idiots. Uh, of course, you get the great gazoo comments, and he looks like Mario Luigi with the big hat. And uh, at first glance, it does look kind of silly. But you got to give this guy all the credit in the world because one, he knows it's going to look silly at first because no one else has done this before, and he's being proactive in protecting himself. I guess uh, he had a scare in spring training where a line shot almost hit him in the head. He started thinking about it. Says, "I want to wear the protective cap, even if it looks silly." And, you know, this goes, you know, think about it this way. This, I'm sure when people saw uh, goalie mats for the first time, thought, oh, what, what a wussy. You know, that looks absolutely ridiculous. I'd never wear such a thing. Now if a goalie went on the ice in a National Hockey League game without a face mask, they would think he was absolutely insane. The same goes for helmets in hockey. The same, you know, people probably thought uh, face masks in, in football were ridiculous at one time. So people who are... Ripping on Torres, you know, making fun of his manhood or talking about how silly he looks. Uh, I, I I just can't do that to a guy who who's being proactive about his health. It, it just bothers the hell out of me. It really. No, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a goofy looking cap. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you can't deny that, or you know, have a chuckle or whatever. But like to your point, the, the bigger issue is good for him. Yeah. For pioneering something that you know may save careers mm-hmm. down the line, and yeah. look, hey, look back to the when the game first started. Guys didn't wear gloves. Yep. Yeah. They did, the catchers certainly didn't have protective equipment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So batting helmets were new at one time, and it, don't tell me that at some point, you know, these things weren't laughed at and said, you know, look at those ugly gloves you're wearing. What's that, you big baby? You know, what's that giant helmet you're wearing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you said, now. You would never dream of going out without those things. Yeah, and and the technology is going to improve. I'm sure the 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 cap is not going to look like it's inflated. You know, as yes, as think technology gets better, things change, and but I'm it gets sure better. Yours will look better. Yes, it gets better, and it changes precisely because people are willing to go out there and and sort of be the guinea pig. Yeah, you know, and report back and say, here's what worked, here's what didn't. Yeah, so, and great, for him. exactly, exactly. There has to be guinea pigs. You know, there has to be early adopters in anything. And kudos to Taurus for doing it. And I think it's awesome. I really do. Agreed. All right, let's wrap up this podcast because hopefully it's got to go out and make money and things like that. So, uh, uh, where can the um, listeners find you, Mr. Hookslide? Find me on Twitter, Hookslide BYB, and I'm also at Hookslide BYB at Gmail dot com. If you need to get a touch and need more than 140 characters to argue with me. Yeah, and of course, you off, uh, you're you often on the Bless You Boys Twitter during games as well. One or two times a week, yep. I did it on Thursday. I'll do it again on Sunday. Yep, and I think I have uh, duties tonight, so God forbid it's a loss, you know. So. <laughs> be all your fault because you jinxed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, because I'm doing it. You know, I think, yeah, like Melissa had it uh, a few days ago, and she was like, oh, my God, the Tigers won. You know, I because... I, People kind of, I think, track this stuff as to which which of us is on Twitter and how the Tigers do. 
So well, it, you know, the, the Tigers themselves aren't helping when they yeah. send the same guy out with a lineup card. Yeah. For as long as the streak is going yeah, on. That's, so. that's right. I should have, we should bring that up that the Tigers are what uh, seven and zero with Java Chamberlain uh, handling a lineup card before games. And that's by design. Yep. Uh, you got to get the cart before the horse, so to speak. But Brad Osmus said they're doing that deliberately. It's a game they're playing in the in the dugout mm-hmm. where uh, they're they're rotating the lineup card around. And if the team wins, that same guy gets to go out the next yep. time, and he gets to continue until they lose. So they're just kind of keeping track internally and laughing about it and saying, you know, who's going to get the longest streak? You know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a game to them, exactly. And I, I put it this way: the more I get to see of UConn Cornelius, the better. Absolutely, 100% agree. I love Jabba Chamberlain. He just seems to be a really cool guy all around. And it's hard to believe that, you know, this is the same guy that people pretty much ran out of New York City, but I think this is more about New York City than anything else. So, <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> all right. As always, you can find me also on Twitter, on, uh, be on the Bless You Points account, or at BigLBYB. And um, I think that pretty much wraps up the podcast. Other than if you want to find us, subscribe to us. I have all the links on the show notes for that matter, but you can find us on iTunes, find us on Stitcher, pretty much any place else where you can find podcasts. Also, be on the lookout for the other podcasts I do, The Knee Jerks, with uh, Bless You Boys contributor Greg Eno, where we talk about all things sports, not just baseball. So I'm sure we'll have something to say about the NBA draft, which was going on at the same time as the Tigers game last night. But Hookslide wouldn't know that because he doesn't follow basketball and doesn't care. So Basketball. Yeah, exactly. So uh, regardless of all that, please, you know, Look at the show notes. You'll find everything you need to know about subscribing to the podcast, listening to the podcast, and how to contact us. And with that, let's wrap it up. So until this time next week, hopefully I'll have internet so we won't have to put off the podcast for an hour or two. This is Al Beaton saying good afternoon and good luck along the hook slide. Jinxes are not real, knock on wood. And we'll still be knocking on wood on the next Plus Your Voice podcast. <laughs> That'll get him out of the old ballpark. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.